Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, and we are in day two of the PMA Fresh Summit Virtual Conference. Now, day one consists of some cool things. I, we heard from Michael Jackson. No, no, no. He didn't rise from the dead. Uh, Michael Jackson from Australia had some great points, maximizing your experience, thanking all the members in the PMA, the Produce Marketing Association members. And here's the crazy thing. Did you know that PMA is giving away gift cards and even an Apple Watch 6 Series? If you log in or one, if you register for the event, log in and show up and participate, you automatically get entered into this drawing. Well, I heard it today. Check out all the details on the site, okay? Guests from around the globe will be here today. Many sponsors today brought to you by Oppenheimer, Taylor Farms, and Avocados from Mexico. Day one's theme was leadership. The PMA Fresh Summit Marketplace exploded with tons of content, tons of content. YouTube was on fire. Many of these links were posted on YouTube and then created as premieres as live events. So shout out to all the companies that are using technology. And I love YouTube. If you want to check out my show, it's the Produce Industry Show on YouTube. I also checked out Around the World and Fresh Produce on International Challenges and Opportunities, all the product innovations, and I also got to connect with a few people on the site with interviews on the webcam. Well, the webcam wasn't working for a couple of the conference calls, which I'm not sure why, uh, but we also got to connect virtually, so I got to meet a few new people today uh, regarding the podcast and my citrus business, so I thought it was really cool and very efficient. Now, I know a lot of people are complaining about you know the virtual summit and not being able to meet in person, but I think this is more efficient. I think we are able to get things done and be able to be on the computer and connect with people virtually. Listen, of course, we all want to be in person, hug, handshake, do the whole deal, but we're not able to do this. And to be honest with you, I don't think people want to do that right now either. So if you're new to this virtual event, just put a plan together, see what you like, start checking out some of the booths, reach out to people you've never reached out to before and start connecting and networking in ways you never thought were possible. Let's not forget, I hope you didn't miss any of the networking receptions last night because they were a ball. Did you get to the Sunset Rocks tour? Well, if you didn't, sorry, you missed out. You're going to have to check it out some other time. But hey, guess what? A lot of this stuff is going to be on demand and will be available from the Produce Marketing Association through the rest of the year. Now, today, we're going to talk with a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Will Cavan, who is the founder of the International Mega Organization and the International Pineapple Organization. Now, some of you might know and some of you may not know, I actually work with the International Pineapple Organization as the Director of Innovation. Uh, we actually have a podcast called Pineapple Talk. We're on episode six. We talk all things pineapples and the pineapple industry, and we also give data and insights and a lot of very cool tools to help you navigate the pineapple industry globally. And we're going to talk with Will about all things mangoes today. So everybody, Will Cavan, the founder of the International Mango Organization. Organization. Hey, Will, welcome back, man. It's been too long that we've been off the line. You're right, Patrick. It's uh, been a time for a lot of reflection. We've seen incredible paradigm shift in the uh, 
produce industry, and I know you're doing great things with the Produce Industry Podcast, but tropicals have been hammered. There's been no love for the tropical industry from USDA because we're all importers. So yeah, there's a lot to talk about today, Patrick. Oh man, yeah, for sure. I mean, behind the scenes, I mean, we're, we're working at it, but it's like we, we, we set out on a path to talk to a lot of different people. And it seems like when this COVID pandemic hit, a lot of people went into hiding. I mean, a lot of people are doing very well, as we've seen with this USDA box program. There's a lot of different commodities that you and I have spoken about off the mic that are doing fantastic, right? But yeah, Tropicals, man, has been hammered. I mean, day in, day out. But we're going to talk about the IMO today, the International Mango Organization, because we need to know what is going on with mangoes. I mean, I'm seeing them. You're seeing them. Talk about mangoes, Will. Okay, Pat. Um, mangoes are an interesting animal because the harvest is a uh, two-month, an eight-week window, and because of that, it travels up and down the equator, south and north, and the biggest part of the season starts in about February with Mexico and is just finished about uh, a week or two ago. Most of the sheds have shut down, and now we're going uh, down to the southern hemisphere. Brazil has started shipping the beginning of August, and there might be a couple hundred loads that have come in out of a potential uh, uh, three or 4,000 that'll come in at, over the season between Canada, Europe, and, and the USA. So Brazil will run from now until about parallel, they're, they're about a month ahead of Ecuador. Ecuador will start shipping on the other coast, on the Pacific coast of South America. And so they've got a shorter ride into the LA market and the West Coast. And Brazil really hits the uh, East Coast of, of the US. Um, and they'll run till about December. And then in January, Peru will kick in and run into March when Guatemala and then Mexico starts up again. And um, it's been a little lighter than normal year and the season ended a lot quicker than they expected out of Mexico. So it's been a nice bump for the uh, Brazilian importers. Um, wow. The cultivars, what really blows people's minds is that there's so many different cultivars out there. Um, there are about six or seven commercial cultivars. Uh, Brazil and Ecuador are real strong with the Tommy Atkins. And that's got uh, a different different taste and characteristics than uh, the Kent and the Keat, which are later season mangoes. And uh, uh, some will come out of Ecuador, and then Peru, it'll be solid Kents. There are some early Ataulfos out of Ecuador and, uh, and Peru, but not much compared to what Mexico's done. Mexico's really turned it around. The yellow skin mangoes are, are making headway in the marketplace. Consumers from Southeast Asia um, uh, really love the yellow skin fruit. The, the Indian market loves it. So it's grown. It's, it's, it's got a nice market share now. It's about 50% of all mangoes that are sold. So there's been a, a lot of uh, change in, in consumer tastes and interests. So it's, it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride in the mango deal. Well, I know the market. I was, I was doing some research, as obviously as we always do. We were talking back in February. Um, there were some like, what, $9 FOBs out there. Um, they were talking about Mexico coming in. What are the FOBs looking like right now? Um, it's, it's hard to tell. It's, uh, 
picked up with uh, Mexico dropping off. So I, I don't really have a number for you right now, but I'll get, get back to you on that one. But it, it has been a pretty good year for everybody, all things considered. Yeah, for when sure. Mexico I've seen comes some in, ranging all. I mean, I say ranging, but yeah, I mean, I've seen the you know yeah. the nines. I've seen the sevens. Like, there's a collective right. of prices throughout there, but it seems like there's a lot of different. Uh, uh, what would say regions coming in right now, though, too. Yes, yes. Out of Mexico alone, you get a convergence. Normally in July, it was a little bit earlier this year. They can get as many as uh, as three to four million boxes, four kilo cartons. Uh, per week, and then that really brings the market down. So it's sort of a roller coaster. It, it was probably in the five to six dollar range this year um, out of Mexico. So that's a good number, you know. Uh, the the growers, the shippers, everybody's happy with with those numbers. And and really, the changing demographics in the states has has just pulled consumption up. And uh, that's that's where the the credit is. You know, we have a very savvy consumer that uh mangoes in their wheelhouse so they they don't need any promotions or any stimulation from uh, the national mango board to sell a mango i mean it's the consumers that are really pulling it through the supply chain yeah but uh, sure. you know tropicals were beat up man uh, a lot of good friends in the mango industry were giving away fruit just like all the tropical importers the banana boys you know and it's uh it's right across the board it, it's been it's been brutal but they put a good spin on it you know they pivoted they did a lot of work with food banks and and uh so they, they were able to to keep goodwill anyway so i think a lot of people are be glad when 2020 is over when COVID exits the building yes a lot of, a lot of people are and and we talked a little bit about the farmers, the families box deal. I mean, a lot of people uh, got in on that deal. And I mean, people, there was wholesalers, distributors, uh, new players in the game we've never even seen. But it was interesting because as we ended our California citrus season, we were thinking to ourselves, wait a minute, are they going to, how are they going to do this? They're just going to stop with citrus. And they, they, they did a lot of Valencia's, you know, California Valencia's, you know, the juicing oranges. But then all of a sudden, what about the avocados for Mexico, right? What about papaya? What about mango? What about all these items that are imports, right? And we've talked about this so much over the last few months. It's like, it's, it's, where's, where's the flag? Like, there's no, nothing we can do. It's just like, nope, you're an import. But wait, hold on. If you didn't have us as an importer, you wouldn't have any of these products. So why weren't they included? Now, I understand yeah. there's, there's rules, right, Will? There's rules, darn it. There's rules and regulations. Yeah. But um, I think that if the, some of these imported products were able to go into these boxes too, um, it would have been a lot better for the industry as well. Completely. And for the consumer as well, more, more options, you know. I mean, it, it's really mind-boggling what products were identified as um, uh, COVID, uh, not friendly, but you know, were, were, were uh, items that consumers were going for. I mean, oranges did great, but none of the tropicals, you know, I mean, all the benefits that you get from mangoes and you get from pineapples, there wasn't any interest. People either went to canned or, you know, if, if you go back to the beginning of this whole COVID disaster, um, people were buying onions, 
potatoes, things that have a perceived longer shelf life. And they just, you know, they, they turned their back on the produce sector. It had a few, it's really been a roller coaster, you know, in the beginning, people, uh, demand was exceeding supply. And then all of a sudden it just fell apart and people got stung, you know? Um, so yeah, it's been really rough. You hope that, uh, there was a lot of work done. Some of the big banana boys um, did local charity with the fruit, so they didn't add the, the added value to the product, getting it all the way to the market, so they kept it local. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, we still don't know the, uh, the final body count on this thing, you know, and hopefully we don't run into an, a repeat of last year, you know, or earlier this year with COVID, but we still have to see what happens. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, there's so many outruling or ruling factors, right? External factors. Yeah. I was even talking to a buddy of mine uh, today about that, just about mm -hmm. California citrus. And I'm not, I don't want to jinx it, but obviously mm -hmm. there's weather patterns that happen every seven to eight years in California. It gets a little chilly, I would say um in in the valley and and yeah. those are factors that that come in and citrus yeah is doing was doing or is doing great but you never know like i said if a covid hits or something else hits i mean anything could happen to any any which uh variety or any any uh any country really so this is this yeah. is a crazy time that we're living in but think about the future though will i mean yeah. it's saying that, that we're supposed to have a strong mango market hitting the fourth quarter um, right. Now, when they, when I say they, because I, I read a lot of the you know news reports, I talk to a lot of people. When they mean strong, are we thinking supply or are we thinking price? I think it's more supply. Um, the front side of it is going to be price tighter with Ecuador and and, uh, and and Brazil. But once Peru comes in, they always flood the market, you know. But still, they get pretty good numbers, you know. They 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 hold pretty strong, so. I think uh, we're looking uh, a combination of the two price on the front end and then volume on the back end, you know, with the Kent's and Keats coming out of Peru into the Mexican deal. So it'll, it'll be, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is uh, watching the consumer trends as they um, we're starting to see for the first quarter um, backing off from online sales. Mm. And people are getting comfortable going back into the produce department where they just freaked out when COVID, you know, hit. And so overcoming those stigmas will get people back in because the ultimate benefits of mangoes and tropical fruit are there, you know, and, and there aren't a lot of choices at the end of the year, you know, when you go into the produce department. So yeah, why not? For you sure. Know, so. Well, as these, these Ecuadorian um, hit yeah. the marketplace in, in, I would say early October, um, yeah. Are there any holiday specials? I mean, are there's the tropical category missing the holiday specials too, because or the mangoes because of the lack of retail maybe promotions because lack of customers in the stores. I mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine that lives up in New Jersey area. He lives actually outside yeah. of New York. He said they're right. only twenty five percent open. Will he's still yeah. having to have yeah. Instacart and all those guys deliver his groceries because right. he's not allowed to go to the stores. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening it's with mangoes? You know, it's kind of it's kind of strange. Every year, the glut in Mexico, while it's not good for the grower shippers, is a great thing for the consumer. And we, if you get the consumer hooked on cheaper valued fruit, 
then they'll come back. They'll stay with you, you know? So uh, locally, we saw promotions about a month ago hitting 38 cents a piece when mangoes normally retail for a dollar a piece. So that's really positive. And that's where they should be to move volume. So that's an indicator that about a month ago, the market was pretty, pretty yeah. so, solid volume wise. Yeah, um, say, but, but, you know, it, it's going to be a sticker shock when uh, I hope the retailers work on the promotions. You know, that's really something that uh, that the National Mango Board needs to promote and get more, uh, you know, more traction out there. Um, but they need to coordinate the effort also. Um, Got to keep these crazy high side prices out of the equation because we're trying to get customers back as an industry, you know, and you don't want to scare them away. And, and, and that's one of the things, you know, in this, in this period of reflection, we, you, you and I were talking frequently. And then I just went into a mode where I stepped back and wanted to observe things. And the, my takeaway from COVID from a, a managerial or administrative position is that um, companies saw it as an opportunity to start gouging. We saw some pretty ugly behavior uh, from the distribution side. And people were trying to corner markets and, you know, drive prices up and take advantage of things at a time when they were, there should have been more of a coordinated effort, you know, to, to keep the consumer in mind and how can we take care of you in this time of hardship. I, I know there was a lot of press given to, you know, the food banks, but that's basically people dumping fruit that they couldn't sell. And while they put a pretty spin on it, you know, lipstick on a pig, it, it, it really didn't reach the uh, end user. And it, it should have been a time to really run promotions, even at 10 cents a piece, they would have been better off than just giving fruit fruit away, you know, unless these guys need major write-offs. I don't know, but yeah. Well, so I, I was talking to an onion grower in Idaho and he, he said he dumped it on the side of the road. A lot of onions were just dumped. He said in Idaho, there was 30, 40 million pounds of, of onion just right. dumped for cattle. I mean, they didn't yeah. go to anywhere. They didn't go to any food. So just complete food waste. Yeah. But I agree. Someone, you know, I'm not going to get all crazy, but someone yeah. like, you know, retailers, I hear that retailers were the savior of, of COVID and listen, they helped out tremendously during a lot of different times. But I always say, you're right. We could have probably came up with promotions for those onions, yeah. for those mangoes. Right. Like I said, if you put out onions for, for uh, 10 cents a piece, like you said, yeah. oh gosh, I would have ton of, tons of onions probably in the house. I would probably yeah. have a couple experiments, right? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Just... You're right. Those are things that probably there, there, there was a lost opportunity. It's, you know, and upon reflection, of course, we're Monday morning quarterbacking it. But hey, there's a second round coming up. And this is a time for people who listen to us to take note and don't get all piggy and think I'm going to make it back. You know, whatever I lost before. Don't grind the consumer, man. Work with them, you know, get out there and, and, and think about putting fruit out there and say, we want you back. You know, we want your business. We're here with you and let's work together. Yeah. Um, well, and we are the consumers as well. Yeah. That's what I was talking to a few other people in the produce industry is I said, listen, I don't understand why you act like you don't eat fruit or vegetables. I mean, because there's a few people, they act so shrewd about getting the prices and all this up. Right. And I'm like, listen, there's certain times where I see uh, citrus get up to six ninety nine a bag. And I'm just like, Oh, Oh, like, yeah. I don't even think about the growing side, right? I, I yeah. think about like, yeah. oh, I got to go because I got to spend my money, right, to pay for yeah. that. 
right? And we're in the business and we're blanching. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> we're, that's what's so funny. It's like us as consumers yeah. as well. It's like, we're I going know. in and trying to sell this high price and then we don't buy our own fruit. Right. <laughs> what are we doing to each other? So it's crazy. It's, uh, yeah. It is, man. It's, it's crazy. So mangoes, I, I hope mangoes are going to see a, a better day. Um, yeah. I mean, not just mangoes. Like I said, I've seen yeah. tropical categories. Tropicals. You know, we got to um, get the tropical sector back up and running. It's true. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of reports saying, trop, you know, it's crazy, Will, because you and I talk about this all the time. There are so many stories, right, that are out there like, oh, uh, you know, I saw the other day that, you know, this product's doing well or we're having great supply. But like you said, I think there's a lot of guys covering it so they can keep, yeah. you know, some of the pricing there, some of the supply there and not shock some yeah. of the uh, you know, retailers or customers or distributors that, that are in line with them. So, right. um, no, well, it's always great to hear from you and the yep. IMO. Um, and it's always great to be working next to you day after day. And, you know, during this time, again, it is about reflection. Everybody's doing different things with their businesses. They're adapting differently and nothing is wrong right now. You can't criticize someone. You can't give your opinion because you probably don't understand what's happening in their business. So it is a crazy time. So, Will, I thank yeah. you for giving us an update on the IMO and the International Mango Organization. You're welcome, Patrick. Always a pleasure to talk tropical fruit. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.